Hi, you're listening to the podcast of Victory Santa Rosa. We pray that this message encourages you on your journey of faith in Jesus. How many of you woke up to uh, this morning? Woke up to the sound of your phone alarm? Raise your hand. All right. How many of you uh, woke up? Ah, how many of you, again, woke up to the sound of your phone alarm? Could you raise your hands? All right. How many of you pressed snooze? Yeah, that's me. I press snooze a lot of times. You know, but notifications, alarms, they're very helpful. No, uh, my next meeting, it would help, it helps me greatly in the morning to have a notification of everything that would happen throughout the day. And truth be told, there are times that I would need to be reminded, thank God for technology, of I have a meeting 10 minutes. In 10 minutes, it's very beneficial to me. Now, but as much as I love maximizing technology, I do have the privilege of having a beautiful, alive, very sweet, caring, loving, human notification. And that's my wife. You know, every morning, my wife would have uh, a notification, did you drink your vitamins? The moment I wake up, she will notify me, drink your vitamins. Good morning, drink your vitamins. Before I leave for work, did you drink your vitamins? Did you take your vitamins? And she would even text me, and before I sleep, even before the, the phone would just die down, my wife would notify, did you take your maintenance meds? Did you take your maintenance meds? If she is outside with a group of friends, or she's hanging out, she's in a small group, she would message me. Take your maintenance meds. In fact, in fact, in the morning, pag nakita niya hindi ko tinake, why didn't you take your maintenance meds? Notifications. Very helpful. Today, we'll talk about notifications. God's notification, in fact, notifications on how we would live our lives moving forward after the 2022 Philippine elections. Are you ready to hear the Word of God? The title of my message today is, What Now? What Now? Life after the 2022 Philippine elections. A bit of a context. By this time, we're going through, by the way, I'm Jansen. Good morning po sa inyong lahat. Good morning to every one of you who are attending the service with us uh, online through Facebook and YouTube. And I'm Jansen, I'm one of the pastors here. And we're going through the book of, well not the book, but Daniel chapters 1 to 6. And the whole goal, I was with the volunteers earlier, meaning an hour before this service, and I was explaining. Last year we had a retreat, some of the pastors had a retreat. And we would, it was a three-day retreat. It was with much prayer, exchange of word, discerning, God, what are the preachings for 2022? And this is one of them. And we've realized we need to speak on not just the election, but nation building. What does the Bible say about nation building? 
What is our role as Christians, as Filipinos in society's transformation? How could we focus people's attention away from political personalities to the one personality of all, the person of God? And he really dropped that. And we truly believe that this is God's word for us as a church. Yung, yung, yung serye natin ngayon, yung dinadaanan natin, yung Daniel chapters 1 to 6. By this time, we are on Daniel chapter 5. A bit of a context. We, we, by this time, kilala niyo na si King Nebuchadnezzar. Haba ng pangalan niya, si King Nebu. King Nebu already was dead. And immediately, chapter 4, nandun pa si King Nebo, by chapter 5, he's already dead. In fact, not just dead, but the, the, the king that was identified here, his name is King Belshazzar, is already the fifth king after King Nebo. Meaning after King Nebo, there was an a coup d'etat, an assassination, a murder, a, 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 a grasp for political dynasty power, and then after that, a political merger of families so that one could be installed as king. And after those things, fifth king is King Belshazzar. King Belshazzar was not like Nebu. Nebu was confident. King Nebu was, you know, he had accolades. He, he had accomplishments that were with him to the point that he was so bold in having an image created for him and it was okay for him for people to worship that image because he knew he was able to do something. He was that confident. On the other hand, King Belshazzar, the fifth king, the king that we'll talk about now, was incompetent. He lacked the experience, the stature, and even the clout of King Nebuchadnezzar. And you will see as we read, read the whole account, he's quite insecure. And I'll, I'll, I'll notify you. Huh? May notification din tayo doon. Oh, ito yun, no? Ito yung proof non. So we'll go through that. In fact, we'll go through the length of the chapter. Alright? So are you ready to hear the word of God? But it's not just about Nebu and Belshazzar. You will see Daniel still in the picture. And by this time, it was as if Daniel was already unheard of. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, oh, they're quite anonymous already. And I don't know what's going on in Daniel's mind, but we know that he just continued to walk the talk. The message that he declared and the God that he declared in chapters 1, 2, the beginning of Daniel was still the God that he worshipped and lived for. But by this time, it was as if lahat ng ginawa ni Daniel sa gobyerno, nakalimutan na. I mean, he was, it was as if he was not already a government appointee. He was not an elected official. He was not a cabinet member. Baka konsihal, hindi pa siya eh. Lahat ng ginawa niya sa gobyerno, nakalimutan. All his social media posts, no matter how trending it was, they were. At his time, it was forgotten. In fact, do you know how it is in Spotify at year end? They will give you your top song of the year. You know that, right? your most played song of the year. That will be your top song. 
And that, that you, you can see that in Spotify. If Daniel had Spotify and he would click on his top song of the year, it would be Gary Valenciano's song, Natutulog Ba Ang Dios. So what happened? Are you ready to hear the Word of God? Open your Bibles, Daniel 5. Daniel 5. What now? Life after. 2022 Philippine elections. King Belshazzar made a great feast for a thousand of his lords and drank wine in front of a thousand. Now the text starts with this because the author was trying to compare. It's like presenting a table. This is King Belshazzar and this is King Nebo. King Nebo had great works that accompanied his uh, his uh, six years, so to speak. Uh, hindi naman six years lang yon. But his uh, reign. But Belshazzar, ito yung ginawa ni Belshazzar, party. Alright? Yun yun, it was being compared. And this is truly, truthfully, this is a literary style. So it's as if they were presenting a table. Kasi walang Google Sheet nun, at saka Excel, at saka Google Slide, or PowerPoint. Alright? But this is what they were doing, the author was doing. Belshazzar, when he tasted wine, commanded that the vessels of gold and silver that Nebu, his father, had taken out from the temple in Jerusalem be brought that the king and his lords, his wives, and his concubines might drink from them. Then they brought in the golden vessels that had been taken out of the temple, the house of God. Okay? House of God in Jerusalem, and the king and his lords, his wives, and his concubines drank from them. Again, a table is being presented. The works of Nebu, King Nebu, have been mentioned in the earlier chapters. And they were great. However, King Belshazzar did party. And because he had no works to show, he just got the works of his father. Can I emphasize If you read carefully, it was twice mentioned what he did. He got the golden vessels that his father got. And then it was repeated in another phrase that his father got from the temple of Jerusalem. So he had no works to show. We move on. They drank wine and praised the gods of gods in silver, bronze, iron, wood, and stone. Now, immediately. Now, verse 5, immediately. The fingers of a human hand appeared and wrote on the plaster of the wall of the king's palace opposite the, lamp, the lampstand. And the, the king saw the hand as it wrote. The king's color changed and his thoughts alarmed him. His limbs gave away and his knees knocked together. I need you to observe scriptures. When we read, we need to observe carefully. And you will see that this sentence or this principle or this description is to be repeated again and again in this chapter. And they're saying something, right? Again, a table is being presented, a contrast between Nebu and Belshazzar is being made apparent. So yeah, the king colors change. Again, verse 6, his <clears throat> thoughts alarmed him, his limbs gave way, and his knees knocked together. Then the king called loudly to bring in the enchanters, the Chaldeans, 
the astrologers. The king declared to the wise men of Babylon, whoever reads this writing and shows me its interpretation shall be clothed cloth with purple and have a chain of gold around his neck and shall be the third ruler <clears throat> in the kingdom. Then all the king's wise men came in, but they could not read the writing or make known to the king the interpretation. Then King Belshazzar, greatly alarmed, again, this description being emphasized. He was alarmed, his color changed, and his lords were perplexed. Then the queen, because of the words of the king and his lords, came into the banqueting hall and she declared, O king, live forever. Let not your thoughts alarm you and your color change. You remember I said King Belshazzar had no clout to the point that even those people serving under him did not believe in him. So it was like a token, oh king, live forever. Do not be a weakling. That was what she said. There is a man in your kingdom. Remember, King Nebu was being compared to Belshazzar. Now Daniel comes in the picture. He is now the one being compared to Belshazzar. You are nothing compared to King Nebu, Mr. Belshazzar, but you are way nothing if compared to another man. So there is a man in your kingdom, verse 11, in whom is the spirit of the holy gods in the days of your father, light and understanding and wisdom, like the wisdom of gods were found in him, and King Nebuchadnezzar, your father, your father, the king. This was not a biological father. It's like your father because you assumed the throne, all right? Your father made him king. Uh, made, made, your father, the king, made him chief of the magicians, enchanters, Chaldeans, and astrologers because, can you see the build-up of Daniel? Okay. Because an excellent spirit, knowledge, and understanding to interpret dreams, explain riddles, and solve problems were found in this Daniel, whom the king named, whom the king named Belteshazzar. Now let Daniel be called, and he will show the interpretation. And so Daniel was called into Malacanang Palace, and the president questioned him. Then Daniel was brought in. The king answered and said to Daniel, You are the Daniel, one of the exiles of Judah, whom the king, my father, brought from Judah. I have heard of you that the Spirit of God is in you, and that light and understanding and excellent wisdom are found in you. Now the wise men, the enchanters, have been brought in before me to read this writing and make known to me its interpretation, but they could not show the interpretation of the matter. But I have heard that you can give interpretations and solve problems. Now, if you can read the writing and make known to me its interpretation, you shall be clothed with purple and have a chain of gold around your neck and shall be the third ruler in the kingdom. Now, Daniel comes in the picture already. He speaks up. Remember, initially, Nebo was being compared to Belshazzar. And Belshazzar was nothing compared to Nebo. Now, Daniel was being compared to Belshazzar. And he was way more nothing talaga. Down the pit compared. He was 
a man. Daniel was a man with excellent spirit. Understanding. In fact, your father relied heavily on him. And so, siguro piko na piko na tong si Belshazzar kay Daniel. Ano? But he called Daniel. And look at the posture of Daniel now. While he was being compared to him, now look at the shift now of the narrative when, by what Daniel says and how he explains it. He was being set up as someone who can solve the problem. It was mentioned here. We read it. But then the first thing he says, it's not me. It's God. Now look at what Daniel says. Then Daniel said, answered and said before the king, let your gifts be for yourself. I don't need that. I don't need them. And give your rewards to another. Nevertheless, I will read the writing to the king and make known to him the interpretation. And then be- before that, it's fascinating how Daniel speaks the truth, the bold truth, to King Belshazzar. O king, the most high God gave Nebuchadnezzar. He starts with the father. Nebuchadnezzar, your father, kingship and greatness and glory and majesty. So again, the first thing he did, yes, he talks about Nebu, but who gave Nebu the kingship, the greatness, the glory and majesty? He shifts the attention to God. And because the greatness that gave, that he gave him, all peoples and nations and languages trembled and feared before him. Whom he would, he killed and whom he would, he kept alive. Whom he would, he raised up and whom he would, he humbled. And then your father, Nebu, people look up to, did something against God. So that's what verse 20 now says. But his heart, your father, was lifted up and his spirit was hardened so that he dealt proudly or he became proud. He was brought down from his kingly throne and his glory was taken from him. By who? By the ultimate king. Verse 21. He was driven from among the children of mankind and his mind was made like that of a beast and his dwelling was with the wild donkeys. He was fed grass like an ox and his body was wet with the dew of heaven until he knew that the Most High God rules the kingdom of mankind and sets over it whom he will. Now, and you, Belshazzar, have not humbled your heart though you knew all this. He spoke about Nebu, that God gave Nebu his greatness and power and glory and majesty. And then he spoke about what Nebu did against God, that he was proud and, and thought of himself as God. And so the God of all gods, the true king of all, the most high God, humbled him. And then he suddenly shifts. Now you, Belshazzar, malakas sa tatay mo. Yun yung sinabi niya. Kung nagtatagalog lang siya. You, Belshazzar, have not humbled your heart though you knew all this. But you have lifted up yourself against the Lord of heaven and the vessel of his house have been brought in before you and you and your lords, your wives and your concubines have drunk wine from them 
And you have praised the gods of silver of, and gold, of bronze, iron, wood, and stone, which do not see or hear or know. Wow. You've praised gods that do not see or hear or know. But the God in whose hand is your, is your breath and whose are all your ways, you have not honored. Then from his presence, the hand was sent and this writing was inscribed. And so Daniel interpreted the writing. In summary, the writing was about God has numbered your days. God knows the consequences of what you have done, Belshazzar, and your kingdom will be taken away from you. That was the whole summary of the writing on the wall. And so Daniel described exactly what was written on the wall. Then, then, Belshazzar, what do you think his reaction would be? Mapipikon? May ines? Ipapapatay si Daniel? On the contrary, Belshazzar gave the command and Daniel was clothed with purple. A chain of gold was put around his neck and a proclamation was made about him that he should be the third ruler in the kingdom. That very night, Belshazzar died. He was killed. He was killed. And Darius, another king, came into power at 62 years old. This is the word of the Lord. Why don't we just be silent first for a few seconds and ask God, God, speak to us. Speak to us through the preaching of your word. Come on, declare and ask that in silence. Lord, just like your servant Samuel, just as he declared, speak for your servant is listening. God, we declare the same. Speak for your servants are listening. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. What now? We've read the gospel. We've read the Bible. We'll talk about notifications from Daniel chapter 5. Notifications of what? On how we can live our lives after the Philippine elections. First, let's not forget, this is the alarm sounding. God knows. God knows. He is not silent, He is not slow, and He is not negligent. By this time, it would have seemed that Daniel and his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, they would be unheard of already. They, they, they've, they've gotten into obscurity. But suddenly, God opened the door for them. Why? Because God knows everything. Yes, this was the king. And he was busy partying. And that's what he could do. And it was as if he had forgotten 
about the magnificent, wonderful things that Daniel did for the kingdom of Babylon. And even if he forgot, God did not. And he was not silent. He was not, God was not slow. He had his own timing. And, and, and he was not negligent of his people. This is where we see, in fact, even in the other notifications later, you would see how God works for the good of His people. Not just because, not, 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 even if Daniel seems not to be seen anymore, it doesn't mean that God is not working. Well, He is. And we saw how God worked. Parang ano lang yan. Kaninang umaga, I was having coffee with two of our campus missionaries, uh, Mark and Edison. And they gave me this pandesal. You know, this garlic pandesal. And I was, I was with my black coffee. And you know, if you know me, talagang gusto kong sinasawsaw yung pandesal ko sa kape, mga kapatid. So sinas, sinasawsaw ko yun. No? And right now, you may not see it but that garlic pandesal is doing its works in my gastrointestinal tract. You know, the nutrients of that pandesal is spreading all over my body. And there would be waste, which let's not talk about it. And some of its fats is working its way through my heart right now. You don't see it, but you know that there's something there. God knows. But there are times that we feel like God is slow. And we tell God, ang bagal mo. God, why are you not doing something? God, why have you forgotten me? I'll answer that question through a story and an insight. Is that okay? And I think you'll be able to figure out why we sometimes fall into the trap of thinking that God is silent, slow, or negligent. Last week, uh, yeah, was it last week? Oh no, yeah, last week or last last week. It was the championship game of UP versus Ateneo, and the, it was game three, three games, no? UP won, Ateneo won, UP won ultimately the game three, so champion. Game two, I was with Pastor Carlo, Marta, our campus missionary, Pastor Xavier, Pastor Miko and my youngest, and we were watching the championship. I also watched game three, the, the one that, had, that gave the championship to, to uh, UP. At game two, when Ateneo lost, you know, in my mind, I was right there last two minutes. May UP lost. because I was telling the coach in my mind, you did the wrong thing. Why did you focus the play on that one off guard. Alam ko, malakas siya gumawa, malakas, malakas siya tumalon, nagdadunk siya. He can shoot from the three perimeter shots. But Ateneo's defense was all on him. You could have given it to your big guys. In fact, I was so much better as a coach than the coach of UP, Coach Goldwyn Monteverde. In fact, I could have just went down there and coached the whole team. And in game three, last two minutes again, it was similar close match. Man, and I know Coach Tab Baldwin of the Ateneo, 
Man, he coached Gilas Pilipinas. He's, he is the coach that gave Ateneo a 39-game winning streak. But the last two minutes, I was so much better than him. Man, he focused the play on Kwame, their center. And all the, def- man, the guys of UP, though they were so much smaller, man, just ganged up on the center. And they could have made, you know, a fast game because the guards and the, the, even the forward of Ateneo was playing a fast game. For crying out loud, they could have won if they just played a fast game the last two minutes. And I was so much better than Coach Tab Baldwin. But I don't own a team. That's the truth. Yeah, I knew I was better than Coach Monteverde. I knew I was better than <clears throat> Coach Baldwin. But here's the truth. I'm not a coach. And I don't own the team. Genesis 1, God is the creator of heavens and the earth. The whole universe. He created it. He sustains it. And God has his ways to run life on earth. And he has his ways on how to do life on earth. Truth be told, there are times that I, ako lang to, not you, mabait kayong lahat eh. Just me. There are times that I know so much better than God. God, when I was doing a business, dapat ito ginawa mo eh. You could have opened that door for me, Lord. Lord, when I was in pain, when I was in my teenage years and I had crushes, Lord, this is what you should have done to me. Lord, this is what you should have done when I was employed in this particular company. You could have promoted me so many times, Lord, but you did it wrong, Lord. Admittedly, there are times that I knew so much better than God on how to run life and how to do life here on earth. But the fact remains that I am not God and I don't own the universe. Sometimes if we feel that God is silent, slow, or negligent, let's not forget that. Amen. God knows. God knows. And there are consequences. Consequences. God knows. Remember the consequence that happened? Nebo had a consequence for his pride. Belshazzar had a consequence. God knows. There are times that we will see people do certain things. We would see people in our communities, people that we know, people who are prominent in society, and we would scratch our heads and say, why is he or she more prosperous than I am when I am doing the right thing? I'm the one who tithes. I'm the one who has finished one-to-one, Victory Weekend, Church Community Class, Leadership 113, Empowering Leaders, and what have you. I mean, I'm doing small groups. I'm leading one. And you may say that, but God, why? Bakit sila ang ahead more than me? Isn't it your word says that we would be the head, not the tail, and we would have tons of scriptures you said in your word, Lord, I know the plans I have for you. Says the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope in the future. But why am I still here, Lord? Wait. Let's not forget God knows. There are consequences to sin in this earth. And here's the thing. 
wayworse. Eternity. There are consequences to sin in this earth. And wayworse. Consequences. Eternal consequences. So some of us will ask, some, some, are you against ill-gotten wealth? Oh yeah, of course. And we'll preach against ill-gotten wealth? Definitely, we will. But wait. Ill-gotten wealth is sin, but we should broaden our perspective because ill-gotten wealth is not just limited to a person or a family. Because a person who does not pay tax is guilty of ill-gotten wealth. A person who does not clock out rightfully and righteously and steals the time of the company is still ill-gotten wealth. Do you follow me? In fact, the moment I got some bond papers in my office to be used for my children's coloring, isn't that ill-gotten wealth as well? Let's broaden our perspective. We are against sin and we have been preaching sin. Against, preaching against sin. Why? Because we're confident that God knows. He is not silent. He is not slow. And God is not negligent. Remember when John the Baptist spoke up, the cousin of Jesus Christ, spoke up against the ills of the government, Herod beheaded him. What does Jesus do? Jesus does not speak up. In fact, if you read your Bible, he goes to the mountain and he prays. What, Jesus? You could have rallied people and made a better Ed Sawan. But no, he was confident that God knows everything. That's why Jesus could go to the mountain and pray. Was he silent? Did he do something? Oh yeah, he preached the gospel because that was the solution to wickedness. God knows. Next, God works. God's power is not limited by anything and His purpose will prevail over everything. If you notice, in when we read chapter, verses 1 to 30, the word king, 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 king was repeated. Again, it is a literary style to emphasize. First, they were comparing the two kings, King Nebu and King Belshazzar. And then was the, 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 the author presented another king who was king over all. One who is transcendent above and beyond everything. Behind the kings of the earth, is God. And God works. In fact, in Proverbs, I, I like this proverb, especially during this election season. Proverbs, Proverbs 21, verse 1. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord like the rivers of water. He turns it wherever he wills. You know, we've elected a president. The nation has elected a president. But let's not crown him as king. I'll say it again. 
We elect a president. But let's not crown the president as king. We have one king. We declared it in worship. Jesus, ikaw ang hari ng buong mundo. Ikaw lamang ang masusunod. Amen. Amen. You know, God works. While Daniel, together with his friends, together with the rest of Israel, at this point, initially, because of the stories, because of what Daniel and the three friends did, they were prominent. And Nebu gave opportunities for them. It, it, it wasn't just them, because of what they did. Work opportunities, trade opportunities, finances were available to Israel. Even if they were in exile in Babylon, it was made available to them. But by this time, Nebu was dead. Belshazzar was already the fifth king after Nebu. They were unheard of. And not just them, not just Daniel, not just Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. But Israel was sinking deeper as a people. They were being oppressed all the more because wala na, wala na silang silbi. Wala nang taong nagre-representa sa kanila, sa gobyerno. And they were having a hard time. Now, historically speaking, look what God did. He opened the door for Daniel to speak to Belshazzar. But then again, God worked and Belshazzar's wickedness had consequences to the point that Darius overtook him as king. Now, you can read this in history books and you can Google it. Darius was one, or if not, one of the best or greatest kings of Babylon. You know what he did? He opened up worship again for Israel because he was one who allowed worship of the different religions. So he opened up worship, not just that, because People were lacking finance. Israel was lacking finances. God made a way for Darius to be in power. And God gave Darius wisdom to do what? To do, to, to, to implement improvements in their financial systems. And I kid you not. In fact, if you research, in Darius's time, it was the start of the banking system. They had coins, minted coins at that time, and it was used for trade. But it was only in Darius's time wherein the coins, its size, and its weight determined the value. So that was just one of the many banking systems introduced by Darius, and there was greater trade in the kingdom, and there was opportunities for Israel. God works for His people. Romans 8, 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. And because God works, it means that His work is not limited by any political personality, any political party, or any political system. He is transcendent above and beyond anyone and anything. Do you know that whoever wins the election in the next two years, the rest of 2022 and 2023, do you know that our economy is projected to rise? Whoever wins the election. I kid you not. You look at it. ADB projections, IMF projections, 
our economy is set to rise despite the pandemic, despite the gas increase this Tuesday, despite the seeming elections, you know, the, the, the seeming confusion during our elections. In fact, because of the infrastructure that we have now, have you, sino sa inyo nakapunta na ng Baguio lately? Thank God for the new highways, right? It's not just here in Luzon. I mean, there are many other expressways and highways that were built, not just by this current administration, but even the previous ones. And all these infrastructures lead to confidence, higher confidence by foreign investors. In fact, we're so poised. We're so poised in Asia that many are looking at the Philippines as a primary investment country. And where more foreign investments would come in, more people will need houses and you will be able to sell more houses. More work will be done. I'm talking about some real estate people here who might see in the service. And there will be families who will be here. And there will be more children enrolling in art school. And there will be more opportunities for suppliers of these foreign companies. And there will be more work and there will be more jobs. Whoever wins the election, well, somebody already won. But whoever would be the president, we're so poised. We're at the top. Together with Vietnam, Bangladesh, India. If you include the Pacific, Palau, Maldives, we're right there on top. And the world is saying part of the beauty and opportunity in the Philippines is what they call the people factor. Because we are a people who's very resilient. We speak English and we can easily adapt. You know, our, kami mga pastor, we have a friend pastor who went to the United States uh, to work there in campus for, I think, two years. Yung dito, yung normal Pilipino lang siya, pag nagsalita, talagang bargas nga eh. About two years lang sa Amerika, pagbalik dito, slang ne. Ibang an accent. Saka, Uy, Pards! Hindi <laughs> ka ganyan magsalitaan natin ha. And we would laugh at him because he would not back out. He would just continue with his American accent. Lo and behold, when he planted the church in Spain, because of that accent that we laugh at, then it opened the door for him to teach dignitaries and government officials who now are attending church. Why? Because of that accent that we laugh at. Why? Because we can easily adapt. I mean, that is who we are as a Filipino. No wonder we are good OFWs. Because in whatever nation that may be, hot or cold, wet or dry, whatever language they speak, we can adapt. That's why you need to turn to the person next to you tell them, you have the X factor. What am I saying? God works. God works. God works. Amen? So what do we do? Let's continue to pray. Because we know who the God of all gods is. Third, God calls. God knows. God works. 
God calls. God calls us to long obedience in the same direction. Sorry for the phrase. I just wanted you to get this phrase. Long obedience in the same direction. In the 1900s, this phrase was used to corrupt humanity and lead them away from God. But 21st century, it was redeemed already. In fact, to speak more about God, that's how God works. Long obedience in the same direction. Daniel may have not been prominent anymore in the time of Belshazzar, but God knows and God worked. God opened the door for him. What was Daniel doing? It was just silent. He was obscure, yes, unknown, unheard of, anonymous. But he just continued to do long obedience in the same direction. And that's the same call for you and me. Because we are confident that God sees as it was declared in Scripture. God hears our prayers. Let's just continue to plow long obedience in the same direction. Even if people do not see, God sees. God sees the small things that you do. God sees the hidden things. The pain, the suffering, and yet we still decide righteousness. God sees those decisions. God hears the prayers. God sees, obviously, the big things that we do. And this is who we are. That's what God has called us to do. Individually. The role of the church here, because God calls us to long obedience in the same direction. What's our role in nation building? A contemporary of Daniel wrote something about it. Well, by this time, he was already dead. But he is also called the weeping prophet because he was one whom God asked to write about the incoming exile. And he also wrote during exile. And if you remember the verse that I mentioned a while ago, Jeremiah 29, 11. That's the pambansang verse ng mga Kristiyano, second to John 3, 16. Huh? The, Jeremiah 29, 11. But the verses before it are wonderful. They are just simply marvelous. And this was the time that Jeremiah, that Jeremiah wrote this, this was the time that God's people was already, they already entered exile at the beginning. And, and they were questioning, how do we live? We are, the, 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 the king is evil, Nebuchadnezzar. The king, is, the, the, the government is wicked. And yet, we are Israel or Christians. What do we do? And then God spoke to them through Jeremiah. And these are verses 5 to 7 before that famous verse 11. So let's just read. This is what I want you to do. God tells them, verse 4, Yes, you are in Babylon. You are in a wicked king. But this is what the Lord of hosts is saying. God says, Build houses and make for yourselves at home. Put in gardens and eat what grows in that country. Marry and have children. Encourage your children to marry and have children so that you'll thrive in that country and not waste away. Make yourselves at home there and work for the country's welfare. Pray for Babylon's well-being. If things go well for Babylon, things will go well for you. What God was telling them 
I know the king is wicked. You are under an evil government. But I need you to still be fruitful in what you do. Plant gardens, build houses. I want you to continue to build your families. I want you to continue to strive and seek the welfare of that nation that you are in so that you will thrive there. Because when that nation thrives, your welfare will be taken care of. If we bring it to today, this is what it means. Even if you feel that the nation is hopeless, even if you feel that we're going nowhere, if you feel that this business that God opened the door for you is not going somewhere, or your work, you have been stuck already for a long time, and it's hard to do long obedience in the same direction towards God, this is what you do. Continue to be fruitful. Continue to work. Continue to build your families. Disciple your children. Raise them up in the ways of God. Continue to work hard in your companies. Because a time will come that God will open the door for you in business or in that, in that work opportunity that you have right now. Continue. If you are, if you are in the medical field, be the best in that field. If you are a businessman, be the best businessman. If you are a housewife, be the best there and influence your community. If you are a worker in your company, be the best, best worker. Be the, be the employee of the week. Be always the employee of the month, the employee of the year, the employee of the day. I mean, just work faithfully and be fruitful because a time will come just like Daniel. God will open that door. A time will come that you will see the fruits of your labor. And yes, when we feel it slow, that God is silent, negligent, do not forget, you are not Coach Baldwin. You are not Coach Monteverde. We don't own the universe. Remember, the reward is not just at the end. All right? Long obedience in that same direction. The reward is not just in the end. The reward is also found along the path of obedience in the same direction. God knows. God works. And God calls. This has been the Victory Santa Rosa podcast. To see more church updates, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Victory Santa Rosa.